Hello, my name is Aurora Shear, and my daddy is Jason Shear, and this is the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Thank you to my beautiful daughter, Aurora Shear, who has been asking me to do that for a while, so I let her introduce me. I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of WildcatAuthority.com, and again, this is the Wildcat Scoop Podcast, and uh, I've decided not to talk about the USC game. I think that's the, that's the best route to take. You know the whole theory uh, your mom taught you when you don't have anything nice to say? Don't say it at all. Uh, that That's the, the theme of the USC breakdown. Uh, there's really nothing nice to say offensively. I guess J.J. Taylor would be the only thing, but we can't devote an entire podcast to that. And defensively, Arizona played a, a nice first half again. But the second half was kind of uh, the same old. So I head to Stanford. Uh, we go in a game that I feel is quite winnable um, for Arizona. This is not the Stanford teams that we are used to. That's not to say that Stanford doesn't pose any problems for Arizona, because it does. Um, but this is a, a very winnable game for the Wildcats. And the reason it's winnable um, is because the strengths of Stanford that we're used to aren't necessarily the strengths uh, of the team this year. And that starts with the the offensive line. Now, with Arizona and injuries, there's been plenty. I mean, we've talked about injuries and, and all that, but you take a look at Stanford, and, and they are uh, very, very banged up. Uh, we'll get to the quarterback position in a bit, but what's crazy is is their offensive line. Uh, at left tackle, they're starting a true freshman, Walter Rouse. At left guard, another true freshman, uh, at center, Drew Dahlman, who's a junior, who's really good, one of the best linemen uh, in the conference. Right guard, another true freshman, and Jake Hornibrook. And then right tackle, Fossa Serrell, who most people know um, because he's one of the better linemen in the entire country. So the depth of the line is also to the point where they're only six deep. I mean, left tackle, you have Barrett Miller backing up left tackle, but meanwhile, he's starting at left guard. At center, you have Drake Nugent backing up the center. Um, he's also backing up right guard. At right tackle, you have Jake Hornibrook backing up right tackle. He's the starter at right guard. They are six deep on the offensive line. They are one injury away from being a complete mess um, on the offensive line right now. So, that is one of the bigger reasons why Stanford has struggled this season. When we think of Stanford, um, talking to the players on Tuesday, they all, you know, I, you say, hey, how would you describe Stanford's offense? And they said, well, it, it's Stanford's offense. And that's really, it, it's so different than when most teams are running in college that when you describe Stanford's offense, it's just, oh, hey, it's Stanford's offense. You know, they're going to line up two tight ends. They'll give multiple looks. But at the end of the day, they're running the ball. There's no secret about it. David Shaw said it in his press conference. Someone asked about Arizona. He talked about Khalil Tate for a minute, and then he said, but at the end of the day, it's up to us to run the ball. That is how we're going to win this game. So Arizona is preparing, knowing that no matter who is at quarterback for Stanford, the key is is their ability to run the ball. With that being said, Stanford's only averaging 114 rush yards a game. That is bad. That is flat-out bad. That is 112th out of 130 right now in the country. This is a team that, simply put, uh, is having major difficulty running the ball. There's not a lot of depth at the position at all. It's kind of a one-man wrecking crew. Teams are basically loading up the box completely in order to stop the run, and the quarterback issues that Stanford has had with injuries and such have really affected the Cardinal. The name you're going to hear the most when Stanford is on offense is Cameron Scarlett. 
uh, power running back. It feels like he's been at Stanford forever. Um, a guy that is hard to take down on the initial hit. He's not a very fast guy, uh, but he's good. I mean, he's he's a solid running back. Has 633 yards this season, three touchdowns, uh, averages uh, about four yards a carry. Um, has had games where he isn't great, uh, it, but at the same time, he he's good enough, so to speak. You know, and so you kind of look at his stats, um, and when I say he's had games that aren't good. UCLA was one of those. 13 carries for 34 yards. The 13 carries was uh, second to UCF for his season low because Stanford can't run the ball if they're down, and we'll get to that later as well. But uh, 13 carries, 34 yards. That was a week after uh, the Washington game where he had 33 carries for 150 yards, and they beat Washington, if you remember. Um, He was very good in that game. Uh, Oregon State didn't break 100. Oregon didn't break 100, but ran well. uh, UCF, they just killed him. Stanford was decent, 17 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. And Northwestern, 22 carries, 97 yards. So he's only had one 100-yard game. Um, You kind of get the feeling that this will be the second 100-yard game because they're probably going to give him 30 carries a game um, or 30 carries this game. But it's just a matter of, you know, does he have 30 carries for 100 yards? If he has 30 carries for 100 yards, Arizona wins that football game. Uh, I really think that it's that simple, that if Cameron Scarlett isn't able to get going and isn't able to get the yards um, that Stanford needs, it's going to be tough sledding. Uh, for them and and Stanford has uh, Austin Jones as a backup running back but they're only going to give him a couple carries uh, his most was against UCF he had seven carries and mostly because that game was a complete blowout so they're going to Cameron Scarlett when I say it's a one-man wrecking crew uh, I really mean that Cameron Scarlett is the guy uh, that they're going to go to for that running and so really with Stanford when you talk about them you know, it, it comes down to the young offensive line. It comes down to that rushing attack. You know, how is Arizona going to attack that? Also in offense, the big question is who's going to be the starter at quarterback. Uh, it looks like, as of now, um, David Shaw, as of this recording uh, Wednesday night, said that uh, Davis Mills is out. Um, Jack West is healthy. K.J. Costello is questionable to probable. Um, he's practiced this week. Usually if a guy isn't going to play in a game, um, they're not going to practice uh, the week of. Um, the only caveat to that is maybe they hold him out one more week to make sure that he's healthy uh, because uh, they have a, a bye week. So maybe they say, okay, you know, let's hold you out this week. We're playing again on November 9th against Colorado. Make sure you're healthy there to kind of finish out the season. Um, the thing is that Jack West was so bad against UCLA that they'll probably take KJ Costello injured uh, than they would uh, versus Jack West and going with that again. Costello is a very good quarterback. He is legitimately good. Had great numbers last year, has struggled this year, and I think a big part of that is what I said about the offensive line. Uh, he's only played in three games this season against Northwestern. He was 16 of 20, 150 yards, a touchdown. Um, obviously, a, a solid game there. UCF, he threw 44 times because they were getting absolutely blown out. Um, didn't play great. Didn't even reach 200 yards despite throwing 44 times, touchdown and a pick. And against Oregon, 16 of 30 for 120 yards and threw a pick. When Costello has time, like he did last year, he's really good. 
Uh, I mean, he's a 6'5", 220-NFL type of prospect. Um, really, legitimately a, a good quarterback last year. I believe he had uh, 29 touchdowns uh, to 11 interceptions last year. Uh, th- those numbers are obviously fantastic. He had uh, some people thinking that he was actually the best quarterback uh, in the Pac-12 over Herbert because of his performance last year, and a lot of people thought that maybe he'd get momentum and play better this season. Uh, but it's really hard to do uh, when you have an offensive line that just has a lot of struggles uh, blocking. So really, when when you're talking about this game, uh, points are going to be at a premium for Stanford. I mean, we know what they're going to do. We haven't seen State of the Game yet, obviously, but you know, we can tell you right now uh, what they're going to do. They're going to try to take as much time off the clock as they can. They're going to control the line of scrimmage and try to really run and milk the clock. This isn't a tempo team. Uh, this isn't uh, a team that's going to get Arizona off balance. This is a team that's going to say, let's line up and let's go mano y mano and we're going to try to run the ball and let's see if you stop us. This is the type of game to me where I think you see that three linebacker set. I just think that if Marcel Yates is smart, and I I think he is in this regard, um, you're going to see that Tony Fields, Colin Schooler, Anthony Pandy lineup. It just makes the most sense. Those are bigger guys that would have a better time as opposed to uh, Arizona uh, playing the extra DB. Now Arizona could go 3-3-5 and play Tristan Cooper and kind of load the box with the three linebackers as well, three down linemen, um, you know, and, and kind of load the box that way, which is fine because I think Tristan Cooper is fine against the run. He struggles against the pass, but uh, against the run, he does a nice job. Um, something to watch for there is the health of Fenton Connolly. Uh, credit to him. You know, against USC, Fenton Connolly got hurt. It looked like a bad arm injury. Uh, came back in the game shortly after, went one play and just couldn't do it. Walked himself off the field holding his arm. Uh, we saw him after the game. Didn't talk to him, haven't talked to him since that game, but his arm was heavily bandaged. I'd be really surprised if he played against Stanford, which means a guy like Trevon Mason is going to have to do better. A guy like Kion Bars, the true freshman, is, is going to get challenged. Miles Tapasoa, maybe they give him more reps than they have if he's in better shape, um, things like that. Those are the guys that are, are going to have to step up. Um, it, it's going to be a challenge, no matter what the defensive line looks like, but uh, it, you know, to me, that the, the game will be kind of decided on the linebackers. I think Schooler, Fields, Pandy, I think those guys have to have uh, good gap control, have to be disciplined in their assignments. Um, you know, you look at Stanford, for instance, that's not the fastest team, but they're always among the most disciplined that you'll see throughout a season. Uh, and I think that's what Arizona has to do. They have to make sure they hit their gaps. They have to make sure they stay disciplined. And if they do, they should be able to have success. Um, if Costello is at quarterback, which I, I strongly believe he will be, I'd be really surprised if if he's not. Um, I, I think Stanford will throw the ball a decent amount if the run game's there. I think Shaw hinted at it when he said basically they'll never run the ball just to run the ball. That while everyone you know kind of relates Stanford to running the ball, they're not going to do it uh, just for the heck of it. And, and so what you'll see is. You'll see uh, Stanford kind of establish the run, and if Arizona is taking it away, it's going to turn into a throwing game. Uh, and when that happens, Stanford is, is very similar to Arizona in that they'll spread the ball out uh, quite a bit. There's really three receivers um, that you have to watch out for. The first one is Michael Wilson, uh, solid player. 
uh, type of guy where he is, uh, he's 6'2", 210, uh, a bigger kid, um, good size from Simi Valley, sophomore, uh, pretty consistent. Against UCLA, he didn't do anything. Uh, but against Washington, six catches, 51 yards. Oregon State, 87. Oregon, 61. UCF, 71. Uh, Northwestern, 47. So he's going to get a few grabs uh, a game. It's a matter of, of keeping him contained. Uh, they have another one, uh, Connor Weddington. Weddington, sorry, junior uh, from Washington. I, I think he's a, a very solid playmaker. He's six foot, but he's a guy where... Um, they'll use him in, in the run game a little bit if they have to. Um, they'll use him on kick returns. He's a, a very solid kick return, uh, very solid kick returner. He's had some nice returns at a 60-yarder against uh, USC, 40 against Oregon, 43 against Oregon State. So he can really return kicks, but he's another guy where he'll get three, four, five catches uh, probably on Saturday, and, and he has the, the ability to break through. Uh, 67 yards, sorry, 69 yards is his highest for the season, but um, he, he's – He's solid. I mean, 32 catches leads the team, 300 yards uh, and a touchdown. And the guy that I really think that is going to be interesting and really spread this defense out is Colby Parkinson. He's a 6'7", 250-pound tight end. And, and so Arizona's linebackers, while they're good in the run game, they could be exposed a little bit in the pass game. And my guess is that Stanford is going to try to take advantage of uh, what I would assume is going to be aggressive linebackers. Uh, on the part of Arizona, um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they try to drop one into coverage, whether it's Schooler or Fields or Pandy. Pandy's more of a pass rusher, so it's probably a Schooler or Fields, and kind of use the other two as run stopper pass uh, rushers, etc. But Colby Parkinson is a guy that's really going to test these linebackers in coverage. Um, you know, he's not a big yardage guy against USC at seven catches for 89 yards, but he's real dangerous. I mean, the Costello is going to target him uh, quite a bit in this game. Um, in the games that, uh, that Costello has played, those are Parkinson's best games, and, and that's not a coincidence. Uh, he's a guy where uh, he could put some numbers up if you're not careful. And so uh, I think Arizona has to really uh, watch out for him. And then Osiris uh St. Brown is another one. Yes, he's a member of the St. Brown family, which just turns out uh, football players every year. Um, good, good explosion. I mean, he has he has kind of potential, uh, but he's not a guy that they're going to worry about um, a, a ton. I, I think Cameron Scarlett is another guy where they could throw it to him, but he's not going to kind of uh, he's not going to dominate that game. So really, it comes down to th those three receivers, Michael Wilson, Connor Weddington, Colby Parkinson. Parkinson, to me, is the most dangerous because he's a tight end, and they can use him in a variety of ways, you know, use him starting off as a blocker, and then he gets off the block and, and goes down the middle of the field, etc. So I think that he's the guy where when you're planning, um, what is Arizona going to do? You know, because what they usually what they have been doing in the last few weeks is kind of what I assume we're going to see moving forward, which is Whitaker as a safety. Um, and then, you know, in this case, it would be up to Tristan Cooper um, to probably cover Colby Parkinson and Cooper struggles a little bit uh, in pass coverage. Um, so that'll be something that maybe that they expose and uh, it'll be up to Christian Roland Wallace and, and Lorenzo Burns to cover Wilson and Weddington, which I think they're capable of doing uh, You know, Arizona's faced better wide receivers. Uh, the secondary hasn't been great. It's been fine in the first half of the few weeks, but then uh, the second half, it just gets completely blown up. The whole defense really gets blown up, um, and a lot of that is pass rush. And, and so Arizona in this game, I know it sounds like a broken record, uh, but they're going to need to find a way to get to the Stanford quarterback, or else it's going to be a long day. 
Um, Costello is a solid enough quarterback where if Arizona is not pressuring them, uh, they're going to be in trouble. If Arizona can get to Costello and really run blitz aggressively, uh, that Stanford offense is going to have problems because this isn't the fast, overly skilled Stanford, uh, sorry, like a, like a USC. USC, where you just knew that they were putting out a ton of guys. Uh, Jacob Eason's arm, which is ridiculous, and you knew that at the end of the day they had uh, a better offensive line, etc. This this isn't like that. This isn't a, an offense where it's just filled with these fast, aggressive skill guys. This is an offense where, on paper at least, Arizona should be able to have some success against it. Uh, defensively, um, Stanford, again, they'll, they'll show a variety of looks. Uh, they'll play three linemen. Uh, good size, uh, Jovan Swan, 6'2", 271, defensive end, Michael Williams, 6'2", 290, defensive tackle, Thomas Booker, 6'4", 281, uh, defensive end. That's going to be your line. Uh, they have a good amount of sacks this season, more than Arizona, obviously. Uh, most teams in the Pac-12 do. They have 17 sacks this season, Stanford does. Um, they, they do it from different angles and such. Uh out of those three guys that I just said, Thomas Booker has two sacks, uh, four and a half tackles for loss, has a QB hurry this season, uh, solid defensive end. My favorite uh, defender on the entire team is uh, is the outside linebacker, Casey Tuhill, who's in his fifth year uh, from San Diego, uh, 6'4", 247. He's the guy to me. I mean, Stanford is very aggressive with their running backs, I'm sorry, their linebackers. Um, so Two Hill is the guy where, you know, he's second on the team in tackles, was 39. He has six and a half tackles for loss. Four of those are sacks. He has eight quarterback hurries, forced fumble. Um, it is very obvious what teams are going to do against Arizona's offense. They are going to blitz, and they are going to blitz aggressively. Washington blitz with safeties. USC blitzed off the edge, four on one side, two on the other, etc. They were blitzing. You talk to the Arizona players this week, and every single one of those offensive guys says, yeah, they're Stanford's blitzing. No matter what we see on film, we know Stanford's blitzing. Um, and, and there's reasons for that. Two, number one, the offensive line has been struggling. And number two, let's be honest, Cleo Tate has no idea what to, ha- what to do when a blitz comes. Uh, against USC, when he tried to roll out, those guys are faster than him, if not just as fast. Um, and, and it's fine. Stanford, Cleo Tate's a little bit faster. Not all those guys are as fast as Cleo Tate, so it'll be interesting to see what happens if he does roll out. With that being said, this game could literally come down to how well Khalil Tate figures out Stanford's blitz and how how well the offensive line. And I understand that that's not a a confidence builder because Khalil Tate hasn't done it yet. But I will say that Stanford defensively is a little different in terms of speed uh, and athleticism than a Washington or a USC. But Casey Tuhill is a guy to me um, that Arizona really has to watch out for, and Curtis Robinson is the other. They are very aggressive with their linebackers. Uh, Curtis Robinson, Casey Tuhill, Andrew Pritz, those are the guys that are going to be aggressive. Pritz is more of a guy where he'll drop into coverage, but Tuhill and Robinson are the guys where they're going to go get it. Robinson leads the team with 42 tackles. He has a sack. He has two pass breakups. He has a forced, two forced fumbles. Uh, he's a guy where they're going to go get it. Uh, but if you're looking for someone to really buckle down on, it's Tuhill. You're going to hear his name quite a bit. If you don't hear his name quite a bit, Arizona probably won the football game. Uh, I, I really, truly believe that. So what you'll see is they'll play with an outside linebacker. Sorry, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. Uh, Gabe Reed is the other guy on the outside. 
solid backer, uh, 23 tackles, and another one that they'll use to blitz, five and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, uh, two quarterback hurry. So if you're looking for the two aggressive linebackers, it's Tuhill uh, and Reed. They'll be aggressive on the outside, and the inside guys will kind of uh, plug the run a little bit. Um, secondary. Uh, Sanford secondary is solid. It's not a bad secondary at all. Uh, Paulson Adebo is one of the corners. Uh, he's the guy where, you know, it, it's he's got two picks. He's got ten pass breakups. He, he's the man for them in the secondary. He's the corner. Um, you know, if, if whoever he's covering is going to have a real difficult time. If Khalil Tate's not careful, he is very good. Uh, he's the guy where he's he could go uh, he could pick off one of those errant Tate passes if uh, if Tate isn't careful. The other quarterback, if you're looking for one that Arizona will pick on a little bit, it's Q Blue Kelly. Yes, that's really his name. Let's just call him Blue. Uh, but Blue Kelly would be the other guy. Uh, KB Kelly is is the easiest way that his teammates call him. But he has uh, he has a pick this season. He's the other corner. Um, that you'll hear of a, a little bit. Him and Obi Ebo kind of split time. Um, but if you're looking for a side that maybe Arizona is going to have more success on, it won't be uh, Paulson Adebo's side because he, he's a very good player. At strong safety, Kendall Williamson is questionable. Uh, he was out last game. My guess is that it, it sounds like he's playing uh, like him quite a bit. I think it's a legit loss if he doesn't play. His backup is Stuart Head. Uh, his backup, Stuart Head, uh, he's been fine, so it's not a huge drop-off. Um, but uh, they're both they're both solid players. Williamson is more aggressive uh, and more athletic of the two. Uh, and then at free safety, they have uh, Malik Antoine, who's up there with 25 tackles on the team, couple pass breakups. So Stanford is a team where defensively they're they're kind of a, a mixed bag. Um, I, I think they're a, a solid defensive team, but when you look at them game by game, um, they haven't done outstanding. I mean, they let up 45 points to USC. They let up 45 points to UCF. But then you look, and they only let up 21 to Oregon. Um, then they go, and they let up 28 to Oregon State. But then the next week, they let up only 13 to Washington. But then the next week, they let up 34 to UCLA. Uh, common denominator in that game, there isn't any. Because, you know, at, you could say that they're not great on the road and that they're better defensively at home. But then that, that game against UCLA kind of got rid of that. Um, I will say that their defense is better at home statistically against Northwestern. They only let up seven uh, against Washington, only 13 against Oregon, uh, the 21 points. So they're, uh, it, it's an interesting case with them defensively. Uh, you know, you kind of take a look at, at the overall team stats of their opponents, uh, rushing first downs, etc. Uh, they're allowing about 140 rushing yards a game, uh, which is decent. Um, 4.2 yards attempt. Uh, they've allowed 12 rushing touchdowns, so they, you know they're they're allowing a, a decent amount. Um, they're allowing 262 passing yards a game and eight yards attempt, which is which is a lot. Um, they they've have four, have allowed 14 touchdowns to four interceptions. This is a team where at the end of the day, uh, Arizona should be able to score in it whether it's Khalil Tate or Grant Cannell, and I have a feeling we'll see both on Saturday. I'll know more uh, later this weekend. My gut as of Wednesday night is that Khalil Tate starts, um, and, and Grant Cannell sees some time. Could that change tomorrow? Sure. I think that gets finalized tomorrow night, 
probably. Um, that's usually when Arizona likes to finalize things. On Friday, they'll have something called Fast Friday, and, and they're obviously traveling. So I think we'll we'll have a, a finalized idea of who's starting at quarterback tomorrow. But my gut tells me that we're going to see both of them. But no matter who's starting at quarterback, this is a team, to me, that Arizona can score on. It's, it's not the defense we saw against Washington. That's super athletic and all over the place and really confusing Arizona. Washington threw some crazy things. Great game call by the Washington defensive coordinator. Uh, USC just basically said, we're fast and we're athletic and we're going to come get you. Sanford may do the same thing, but they don't have that overall athleticism. Arizona should be able to score some points. This is a game where Arizona should be able to score 28 to 35 points on Stanford if everything's going well. If Arizona's unable to score and Stanford's really controlling the clock, and, and I think that's a big deal too, is um, Stanford's going to kind of control the pace. Arizona's not going to have as many possessions as it would, as many plays as it would uh, normally. Um, it, it's just, it's not... Uh, you know, Stanford's run more plays in the opposition. That's what they like to do. They like to run more plays. They like to take the time off the clock. Um, that's they they will win uh, the time of possession. You know, time of possession average per game. Uh, Stanford thirty four minutes. The opposition has twenty five minutes. It's going to come down to which team can be more efficient. Um, on third down, Stanford isn't good, 39%, allowing 45%. Fourth down, Stanford's allowing 30, uh, as, as only three for 10. They've allowed four for nine, okay? Um, they've allowed more sacks than they have, which is a big deal for Stanford. They have 17, they've allowed 20, um, it, which isn't normal for them, okay? So uh, Stanford, 20 trips to the red zone, uh, eight of them touchdowns. Opponents, 24 trips to the red zone, 16 of them touchdowns, which is a, a very high number. Uh, you know, I, I look at this game as a very winnable game. Uh, when Arizona played USC and Washington, uh, I never thought Arizona could win either game. I really didn't. Uh, it's just it it doesn't have the overall talent level like when Arizona plays Oregon they're not beating Oregon I can tell you that right now Utah you never know because the game's at home Utah's a more talented team there are three teams that Arizona on the schedule can play with in terms of talent one of them is this week against Stanford one of them is next week against Oregon State and one of them is in the Territorial Cup with Arizona State those are the three teams left on the schedule that Arizona matches up fine with talent wise not saying they're more talented but it's not a huge gap um, Stanford, to me, there's there's three things that Arizona needs to do to win this game. Number one, they need to figure out the blitz. I mean, it is unreal how they can't do it. And you could blame playing calling. That's fine. I think a lot of it is on the quarterback and his ability to get out the ball. I don't think it's a coincidence that Khalil Tate was sacked six times against USC and Grant Cannell was only sacked once. I don't care if it's first string, third string, eighth string. It doesn't matter. That is a large difference. And the difference is that one quarterback was able to get it out faster into the right place and the other quarterback didn't know what to do. All right, so Khalil Tate, figuring he starts... He needs to be aware of the blitz and needs to understand what to do against that blitz. If he's able to figure it out, I think Arizona's going to score some points. If not, he's getting benched. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, I don't think that the coaching staff is going to have a long leash and say, here's three quarters to figure out how to handle a blitz. I think that if Khalil Tate starts this week, this is it for him. That if he gets pulled against Stanford, the Khalil Tate era is officially over. I think they're willing to give him one more shot should they start him. 
against a team that Arizona feels they could score against, that they match up fine with. Um, and if he can't score, I, I don't think it's a long leash, and I don't think he comes back in. I, I really don't. But that's probably a whole different podcast. Uh, number two, they need to take advantage of their opportunities. Like I mentioned, Stanford's average time of possession is nine minutes more than the opposition. That means that when you have offensive drives, those three and outs, those are killer. You need to get some kind of offensive momentum. You need to score the ball. You need to have successful drives, whether it's field goal or touchdowns. Empty drives against Stanford is the way that you lose that game. Three and outs is the way that you lose that game. You need to extend drives. If you score quickly, that's great, obviously. But you need to have solid, time-taking drives that really um, allow the defense to rest because – Stanford's going to come at Arizona. They're going to test Arizona's defensive depth, um, and Arizona doesn't have a lot of defensive depth, especially up front, but these guys need a rest. These guys can't be coming in and doing well. They force a punt, and then Arizona goes three and out, and they're back on the field. That is a recipe to get blown out against Stanford because of the way they play. Um, With that, you could kind of combine the two and say that Arizona can't make these stupid mistakes. They can't muff punts. I doubt, I'd I'd be surprised if we see Stanley Berryhill back there. Um, My guess is Jamari Joyner's the guy from now on, unless they go back to Brian Castile, which I think would be fine. But they can't muff punts. They can't fumble handoffs when a guy barely touches the ball. They can't throw bad picks. They can't, you know, these mistakes against Stanford because of that whole time of possession, and really the mistakes against anybody uh, is what costs you the game. But against Stanford, that time of possession, those mistakes, they really hurt you. It's the it's the mistakes, it's the penalties. You can't do it on the road. Um, and the third key is get off to a fast start. Stanford is not built to come from behind. That's why they weren't able to do it against UCLA. That's why against UCF they got absolutely blown out because Stanford wants to run the ball and control the clock. And even though I think Costello is a good quarterback, they're not built to have him throw 40 times a game. Um, It's just not their offense philosophy. They're not going to get in a contest where they run up and down the field and score, etc. It's just, it's not the way that Stanford wants to play football. So if Arizona can get up 10-0 early, um, I'd go 17 nothing, but that's probably crazy. But if they can get up 10 nothing early, uh, that changes Stanford's offensive philosophy, which changes the game um, completely. So I'm really intrigued. I think that there's a lot of storylines in this game. I think if you look at the overall bull picture, this is a must-win game. I don't see Arizona making a bull if they lose this game. Um, unless, you know, you're you're going into the Territorial Cup saying, oh, Arizona has to win that game in order to make a bowl. Nobody wants that. I mean, the, the ideal situation is Arizona wins the games both in the next two weeks, and they make a bowl. Um, so that, you have the Khalil Tate storyline, what's going to happen with him, figuring they start him. You have the Blitz story. I mean, there's just a lot going on. My prediction, uh, I'm going to go, something that I haven't done a lot this season, and I'm going to predict Arizona, uh, 30-27. to 27. I think that Stanford isn't the Stanford that we are accustomed to. I think Arizona's team speed on offense is fine. Um, you know, if you take away sacks um, and Khalil Tate's running backwards, Arizona's rushing stats are actually really good against Washington and USC. They're averaging over five yards a carry. Um, I'm assuming that Khalil Tate plays a little better, and I think Arizona runs the ball well and get some explosive plays, and I think that they win this football game. Um, could be wrong, obviously. We'll see. But like I said, this is one of the more winnable games left on the schedule. Um, that's my pick. Um, we'll see also healthy. I think Cody Creason coming back would be a big deal. 
I think Gary Brightwell being healthy would be a big deal. Bam Smith, etc. I think they need some guys back this week, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, with that being said, um, I appreciate you for joining me. Again, do me a favor. Two favors. Number one, visit us at wildcatauthority.com. If you haven't signed up yet, please do so. Uh, it's only a dollar for the first month when you sign up. You sign up for a year, you get a 30% discount. It's a great deal. The other one is rate us five stars uh, wherever you rate our podcast. Let people know that we are the, the best Arizona athletics podcast out there. Um, also, because of my daughter's intro, it'll make her feel better, um, or else she'll probably never do it again. We'll see. You know, no pressure. But with that being said, uh, thank you for joining me. I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority. This is the Wildcat Scoop Podcast, and I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys after the football game.